Welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I think my name is Gavin, but it's been so long. It has been a long time, but we are back, baby, and we apologize. This We weren't planning on taking any sort of break. This wasn't <laughs> like a, yeah, you know, we're taking an end-of-the-year break like some podcasts do, and deservedly so, you know, like, yeah, we'll be back in a month. No, our plan was to never stop, but instead we took the longest break we've taken in a couple years now, but just due to chaotic schedules. In fact, we actually hung out with each other, I think, twice since we last recorded. <laughs> we did. And we hung out in person, once in LA, once uh, up here in Fresno. Gavin finally made it up here. And like we were supposed to record both times and just did not. Yeah. We're, we're having too, too much movies, f- yeah. working out too much, eating too too much great food. Yeah. Well, there's so, no such thing as too much great food, but eating great food. Lots of great food, lots of great drinks, lots of great workouts, lots of great movies, not any time for great podcast recording. Yes. And so today we're recording an episode on the 30th anniversary of The Last Samurai. <laughs> that, uh, they didn't take us that long. Didn't take us that long. But we are recording uh, an episode on one of our favorite movies of 2023. We never got around to doing our end of year special. And obviously this would have been a little late to do the end of year special. I guess we could have, we could have done a recap, but we decided to just focus instead on what possibly might be our favorite straight up martial arts movie of 2023. Like what I would consider a, a martial arts film, I guess, you know, like do you consider like what is John Wick for? John Wick four is almost like it's John Wick is almost like its own entity, right? It's I don't it's, know. It's qu- Wick Fu. It's Wick Fu. Yeah, I don't quite know where to place it. It's, uh, it's like it should be on its own pedestal. So I'm not sure if I can call it a martial arts movie. I'm not sure if I can call it an action movie. I don't know what to call it. But yeah. we were talking about what was probably like we'll we'll say our favorite straight to video. Our favorite V Cinema. V Cinema. But anyway, how are you, good sir? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Enjoying the the new year. I have a visitor in town. Uh, my mother, one of our our top listeners, our first listeners. What what is in town? So she's having a good time. She's been asking me, "Oh, when's the podcast? Are you recording today? Not today." Uh, later this week, maybe. Well, we we almost recorded earlier in the week. Uh, Actually, I'm glad we ended up not because I was just, I've been so, 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 so busy the last uh, like 10 days. And then when we were going to record earlier in the week, uh, there was a bit of a technical snafu and certain equipment couldn't be found. So Uh we ended up last second canceling, but it ended up being in my benefit. I ended up being able to get some more stuff done. And so, uh, because yesterday was my first official day teaching at Fresno City College, so I am now officially a film teacher. Professore Ricciardi. You know, and the funny part is some emails, people have been calling me Professor Ricciardi, and I am not a professor. Obviously, I do not have my PhD yet. It's possible I may go for it. Uh, but But then again, I guess, what qualifies a professor? Because there are professors at universities that don't have PhD, like adjunct professors. It's very rare nowadays. But... I, what see typically at the community college level you're called an instructor it doesn't sound as cool but i am a college instructor officially i officially began yesterday yesterday was my first class with my students they were awesome they were very receptive to me they seem like a awesome group of uh young minds that want to learn so 
I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get going. Uh, yesterday was just like an icebreaker day. We just got to know each other. So next week will be our first real lecture. Uh, I will be screening uh, Leon, the professional. Ooh. Yep. And we're going to be uh, discussing the the inciting incident. Oh, so, I like that. Yeah. Like the, the uh, for those that don't know, in terms of like uh, film narrative, like the inciting incident, the incident that kicks the story into motion, more or less. And I really like the uh, Leon for that uh, purpose because, uh, as you probably know, there's the inciting incident is, it, it's interesting because depending on whether you look at Leon uh, or Matilda as the protagonist, I mean, it's an, it's implied it's obviously Leon, it's Leon the professional, but you may also look at Matilda possibly being the protagonist, but either which way the inciting incident involves technically both of them there and uh i think it's just a great example for that so i'm really looking forward to next week because leon is one of my uh leone is uh, leon is one of my favorite films and i haven't watched in a long time i just bought a brand new blu-ray for it so yeah oh, uh, i love that for, and yeah. I, I i will say i saw the the early um drafts of aj's instructor richardi's uh syllabus and i almost wanted to uh transfer I will, I will tell you this, though. It has changed dramatically since then. Uh, for good reasons, also, you know, uh, and you and I can discuss that a little bit more later after the podcast, but uh, it, it's, it's still got a lot of that same material, but also, you know, different based off of more the criteria of what my institution wants. Uh, and that is what's most important, uh, you know, uh, because I want to be the best instructor I can for them. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know what's funny though? In your opinion, real quick, when it comes to Leon the Professional, do you consider it an action movie? I feel like it has all the action elements, right? And we've we talked about uh, a movie we almost reviewed earlier last year that was it has one great martial arts fight scene, but it's it's not a martial arts film, right? It is essentially a drama. It yeah. could even be argued as a coming of age film. Uh, in some ways, mm -hmm. it, uh, I mean, for me, it's the total package. Yeah. It, it, is, it is completely balanced. I, it's like, it's sort of like that argument. Do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? You can make an <laughs> argument for it. Right. You can make an argument for that Leon, the, profess the professional, is a action film. But it is also a drama. Right. See, also I... I consider it more of a drama, a drama kind of crime thriller. I don't consider it an action movie. I consider it a like a beautiful drama that happens to have some action scenes in it. But because like even looking at my syllabus, I was like, oh, am I showing too many action movies? But I was like, no, I don't consider Leon uh, an action film. I consider it uh, kind of a crime drama thriller, like you said, coming of age. Uh, you know, it's, it's a mix of all sorts of things. But anywho... Yes. Uh, before we go too far down that rabbit hole, uh, I mean, that's what we've been up to. Uh, I'm still teaching on my other job. Gavin is still kicking butt at his job. So, uh, yeah, just very busy, busy schedules now uh, for the next semester. But loving it, loving what we're doing. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to fight before this summer, really. I just I don't have I'm still training full time. Like, you know, all my I'm still working out every day and I'll still be able to make it into the Muay Thai gym like three days a week. But that's not mm -hmm. enough. if You're getting ready for a fight. So I might not be able to fight again until this summer. But you know what? This is my career and uh, I'm happy to finally get to start doing it. So it's a dream come true. Uh, you, you are becoming the modern day Indiana Jones. 
Oh, I didn't even the think about that. Who sometimes has to, you know, go uh, kick some butt. Oh, man. You know what's funny? I'm actually going to be showing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. That's one change I made. So when it comes to our discussion about like mise-en-scene and props as an extension of character, mm-hmm. I chose Indiana Jones. Fantastic. Yeah, right? And that, now, that was the sound of, of a whip. wants an A in this class? Because if you do, you're going to see this teacher like me. I'm yeah. Indy. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. Uh, but anywho, any new martial arts movie related news, uh, main well, I mean, one, like, I mean, we, Mortal we, Kombat 2 is shooting, so they're back, true. they're back, uh, in gear doing that. Super excited for that. Uh, what else? What were you about to well, say? I was going to say, you know, Mr. Uh, well, no, nah, I'm in like f- super formal mode now. Mr. Scott Atkins, uh, uh-huh. tweeted, uh, that one, sh- one more shot is out. It has Scott Atkins, Michael Jai White. Ooh. Uh, I can't find it street, uh, screening anywhere in LA. Last time one shot came out, it was at the Lemiel Le- Le- in Santa Monica. So I'm hoping that that's just the UK release and in a week or two, it might get a one week run here. I'm going to have to keep an eye out because remember when I missed Outlaw Johnny Black, he was playing at that one theater. But I guess know. where, guess where that theater is? It's in Fresno. Well, yeah, but I meant oh. it's it's right down the street from Fresno City College where I am now oh, teaching. Oh, nice. So I could potentially, uh, and it's also right down the street from my other job, the elementary school job. So I could potentially shoot on over after one of those to try to Field catch trip. it. Field trip. Field trip. All right, everybody. We're, we're getting in my Volkswagen Jetta, all <laughs> 40 of us. <laughs> it's like a clown and you, car. And he's talking to the, to the elementary school kids, not the college kids. Yeah, well, actually, I'd probably be able to fit all the elementary school kids yeah. in there. They, they're they tiny. They could fit in the trunk and stuff. And as you drive over, you tell them the script of one shot. Well, in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> but in one more shot. Oh, oh man. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. We got uh, that coming out. Uh, not much else off the top of my head I can think of. I, I've been going down, you know, for the film we're discussing today, I've been going down the rabbit hole on... Uh, on uh, some YouTube channels of some Japanese martial artists, oh. and they they are releasing stuff consistently. Um, and so as we, a as a little side note for everybody, I've had zero time to prep for this episode. I've watched the film like three or four times now in the last few weeks, uh, but my brain is fried from all my other work I've been doing. So Gavin's going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting this episode, especially with the names of a lot of the actors and crew, because I've just been. I'm I'm super pumped to be here recording, but I unfortunately didn't have the time to do as much research as I like. I read one really cool article that I sent over to Gavin. He's been sending me tons of great behind the scenes features and stuff, and I've only got to watch like one of them. So shamefully, I am uh, not as prepared as I'd like to be for this episode. But luckily, our man Gavin here is. Hey, hey, I will do my best. Uh, and I just said yes. I guess I don't know. I don't. My Japanese is terrible. <laughs> no comment, my man. No yeah, comment. no comment. <laughs> uh, but anywho, uh, do you have a movie quote for me today? Uh, yes, I do. It was from two episodes ago. Okay. As I go to the book. Hmm. Um. Okay, this is taking longer to find out where the quote actually starts because it's it the the pages blended together. Uh, success! Oh shoot, I've done this, so you should get it right. 
Success is control. Control is success. We've already done this quote before? Maybe not. Maybe I've only written it a few times and never done it. There's a full quote with it's possible it. you. It's possible you have, and I just don't remember. It's been a minute since we recorded last. It is, uh, yeah. Success is control. Control is success. Repeat. Hmm. Why does this sound so familiar? Because it is very familiar. Oh, 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 uh, the next Karate Kid? You're in that realm. There is an actor from the next Karate Kid in this film. Uh, and I'm assuming it's Michael Ironside. Uh, if it's, if you're not casting Michael Ironside, who are you casting? Patrick Kilpatrick? There you go. But he's not in Next Karate Kid. No, but he's in a movie like that. Oh, 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 uh, Showdown. There you go. Okay, got it. Yep. All right, there we go. See, I knew it was like, this has to be some evil sensei type of, uh, role. Yes, well, I prepped this for our Bushido Man episode. Oh, got it. Because evil-esque Yep, there you master. go. There you go. And okay. I'm not sure, I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before, but of all my celebrity encounters when I lived in LA, uh, and this one was when I was actually working at Gold's Gym Hollywood, I met Patrick Kilpatrick. He worked out there. I, I only ever saw him in there once, but he was very nice. Because uh, I saw him walk in and I literally just walked up. I was like, hey, excuse me, are you Patrick <laughs> Kilpatrick? And of course he is. Uh, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm really nice to meet you. I'm a huge fan of all your movies and your work. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. You know, he was just very kind and, you know, nothing beyond that and just left. Unlike uh, my other main celebrity encounter there, which mm. I have no problem talking about. Ron Perlman is a big uh, jerk face. So, sorry. And well, I'm not saying I don't like his movies. I love Ron Perlman's movies. I'm showing a movie with him in it in my uh, class I'm teaching. I'm showing Kronos. Uh, by Guillermo oh, del Toro, but uh, nice. as a person meeting him, he was not very nice. So, uh, well, conversely, I met uh, Billy Blanks while driving on my way to Walmart. Yep, and he and was uh, awesome when he rolled down the window, and because I waved and I saw him, and he and, and he rolled down his window, I uh, I froze and I just told him, "Love you in Showdown." <laughs> this was like two years ago, three years ago. Just. And we ended up like talking at the red light until after it turned green and, and he continued to talk to say what a fun time he had on Showdown. So we've had good encounters with the stars of Showdown. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Uh, all right. But anyways, Showdown is not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about the, I guess I'm trying to figure out what year you would credit it to. It came out here in America in 2023. Uh, I think it came out in Japan in 2022. But mm-hmm. we are talking about the Japanese Yakuza Martial Arts Awesome fest of bad city. Bad, bad city. Excuse me. Uh, directed by a, uh, maybe not, I'm not sure if it's his first time helming a film all the way, but a gentleman we've talked about in the past. No, no, I think he also, anyways, uh, Kinsuke Sonomura, a fight choreographer that choreographed uh, Bushido Man, which we just recently talked about. He's been working in the industry for years. We love his work. He also choreographed uh both uh, baby uh, assassins, right? But I don't think, yes. did he direct baby assassins? Uh, I'm not seeing him as directing right. baby assassins. He did the the action choreography for One Percenter. Right, he did One Percenter. He did baby, baby assassins, assassins one and two. two. He did uh, Hydra, correct? Did he do yes, Hydra? Yes, he did. Yes, he did Hydra as well. And I'm trying to think, did he direct Hydra? That's what I'm thinking he, he may did, have. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, I, I, we're both yeah, he did. His... He did direct Hydra. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, but 
And we remember, we liked Hydra a lot, and it had its moments, but it wasn't as uh, well-rounded of a picture. This it, time, he got this is, everything right. It's an absolute, complete package. Um, I mean, from casting, the script, everything's held together so well. Just uh, really, honestly, one of the best films that we've seen. And of course, within the V streaming cinema series, uh, realm probably my favorite film definitely not probably my favorite film from this last year of the stream oh, within the streaming realm 100 percent. i had i had two huge surprises from 2023 in terms of martial arts cinema that i avoid avoided seeing at first bad city simply because when it first came out uh it was only on the haya app and i've been having issues streaming the haya app on my tv and so uh, i didn't want to and it was why I was getting ready for my last fight. And so I was just like, oh, I'll watch it later. And I, and my, I was like, okay, it's probably along the lines of Hydra. It'll maybe have like one sequence that I like, blah, blah. It would be okay. But, and then uh, my, and then the same thing around the exact same time, the new Ninja Turtles movie came out and I'm like, oh, okay, well, Jessica wanted to go see Barbie and we chose Barbie instead. Uh, and we never got around to seeing it. Cause I thought, oh, it's just going to be so, so well, both movies were above and beyond my expectations. But this uh, Ninja Turtles, I was pleasantly surprised with, obviously. Very, very happy. But I waited even longer to see this one. It wasn't, I want to say, till end of November or December because it got uh, added on to just regular Prime. And I thought, okay, there'll be no streaming issues. Uh, I'll definitely give it a go. And I was, because Gavin had already watched it. And I asked him how it was. And he's like, well, I think some of it might be my nostalgia factor. I don't know. And he didn't want to hype it up too much for me in case it disappointed but then as soon as I watched it, I texted him like, holy crap, that was good. Yeah. Like and it I mean, was, like, it was, I was just, man, and I've already watched it like three or four more times. It is a, definitely a future comfort film entry. It is, it, it's like, a, it's one of, it's like one of the classics I grew up watching that I could put on any time. It just hits all the right notes. Well, it's funny because like, again, I didn't want to overhype it. And I knew that nostalgia factor, particularly with, uh, with uh, Hitoshi Ozawa in the film, I knew that that was going to tug on my tug on well, like the, all the nostalgia factor. So I was, you know, on my phone recording some scenes, sending them to my sister, you know, because she, you know, we both grew up in Japan. I'm like, look who's in this film. Uh, this is so cool. This is amazing. He, this, like, just even the scene where we reveal him in prison behind bars. I'm like, I'm recording that and sending it to my sister. And I didn't want to overhype it with you because. Listen, we've seen we've seen a lot of films by a lot of these individuals in this involved in this project, and those films have had great moments and sometimes flat moments, or sometimes uh, they don't necessarily always stand the test of time. Because when you're trying to be a cutting edge art artist and you're trying to push the envelope, sometimes you push the envelope in a way that works just in that moment in a very in, in a way that encapsulates where technology is right then and there. And then it might not stand the test of time, whether that time is only three years, five years, 10 years. But this is this was one of those films that when I wanted you to watch it without pressure at your leisure, when you texted me how much you enjoyed it, I'm like, I know, I loved it too. Now, we've talked about uh, our director and fight choreographer of the film uh, a few times, obviously, Kinsuke Sonomura, who's uh, worked on a couple movies we loved, including like Bushido Man, a much more low budget one, but obviously, and then Hydra, which had some groundbreaking fights. But the film, you know, 
overall it had its moments but then and then for example a janitor which was a little disappointing for us i'd say baby assassins which has like a phenomenal opening and closing uh but the the middle of the movie is more of kind of like a black comedy if anything uh but this one uh so and so my point being is we've talked about how brilliant he is in his work and groundbreaking he is in his work and his style of choreography very tight like kickboxing slash mma but give us a little rundown on uh uh, Hitoshi Oza- uh, Ozawa. How do we say his name? Uh, so Hitoshi Ozawa. Uh, so Hitoshi I... Ozawa. So who is he comparable to? Because reading about him, it seems he's been kind of like almost a B movie straight to video star since the eighties, right? Like, yes. Who would he... you consider him comparable to here in the West? So what I so he has had a career that started, I believe, on TV and kind of goes back and forth with the TV. He was in Bebop High School, right? Uh, which was a big uh, show during my time in Japan. I think that was a show that's like popped up and like Japanese shows, they run their short run and they pop back up. Uh, so I knew him from television that way. Obviously he's been in some Takashi Miike films, uh, dead or alive, which, uh, comes with a little hard warning. Do not even start this film <laughs> unless you are prepared to test your own boundaries for what is remotely acceptable to watch. Uh, not in, not in a bad way, just like don't watch it with children or mixed company. Um, but, uh, for me, knowing his TV background and knowing his film background and knowing his commitment to authenticity, I, I feel, and his, his just genuine tough guy and cool. He, he has both cool and tough guy to him. He falls right in that zone of Charles Bronson, mm. Steve McQueen, and even Chad McQueen. He has like this authentic feel, but he can be a little straight to video esque, like a like Chad McQueen. I do do mean that with all due respect. Like if you see Chad McQueen in a straight to video film, it brings instant quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve McQueen, absolutely very cool, and Charles Bronson, absolutely authentic. If you doubt me, watch Hard Times. Well, he and ha- you know how much those three. You know how much I love all three. Obviously, Martial Law, the the movie with Chad McQueen is one of our all time favorites. Uh, you saw what I have up on my wall in my house, my yes. Steve McQueen uh, poster yes. uh, that I uh, got from my dad. Uh, so thank you, Dad. Uh, and then obviously Charles Bronson. I bought you a Charles Bronson. Uh, piece of artwork yes, because indeed. he is so special to all of us, but hard times is a great film. And yeah, so that's, a, I think it's a great comparison, especially the Charles Bronson because a lister to B lister to a lister to be kind of back and forth theater mm-hmm. straight to video. Like, so I think that's a really good comparison in that tough guy. Uh, yeah. He's, he's like a tough guy, working man's. And I usually don't love to do comparisons. So, but what, what I'm comfortable, why I'm particularly comfortable with this one is Listen, Charles Bronson and Steve McQueen were huge in Japan. I mean, I grew up idolizing them, even though they were essentially, particularly McQueen, well before my time. But he was everywhere in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, posters, magazines, uh, and probably still is when I go to bookstores. I still see magazines with Steve McQueen on the cover. Uh, now, real quick, just for me growing up. So someone, you know, born in the 80s, you know, raised uh, primarily in the 90s, obviously. Now, Charles Bronson wasn't 
like as much of a household name, but even, but Steve McQueen was still kind of what I would say, like part of the zeitgeist at that time, right? Like yeah. he was the epitome of cool, James Dean and Steve McQueen. Like I'd say most kids knew who both of them were, even though we really hadn't seen any of their movies, right? But you still knew who they were as iconic, like classic Hollywood individuals. And I watched Bullet very early oh, yeah. on with my dad because Bullet was one of his favorite movies because of the car chase sequence. Peter so, Yates directing. Yeah. Uh, Lalo Schifrin soundtrack, the car chase sequence, and my father, speaking of fathers, went to school with the hotel clerk, Al Checo. Oh, all right. There so we go. When I, when I came out to LA, my dad gave me Al Checo's number. He's like, give him a call. <laughs> I did. He's like, You're like he's going to, I'm going to make it to the top. Thanks, Al Checo. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he was a bit, he was a bit actor. He was like a, I guess you would call uh, a character actor for bit parts. So a few steps above background artists. And, but you know uh, what's funny is some of those actors actually do quite well for the if they started back then when yes. you know real estate and stuff wasn't as expensive a lot of them if they were smart with their money you find out later they're like wait they own like you know a bunch of property in Santa Monica and then they've made tons of money because you know they made g- decent TV money uh-huh. back when property was still like reasonable and they they invested smart like yeah, you. I see stories about that. So well, it's yeah, it's funny. He's like, I don't know how I can help you, but here's a here's a fax number of somebody. Go ahead, fax your resume over. Because <laughs> that's back when faxes were around. I had to you know go to some store and like get a fax machine and fax my resume. But uh, yeah, uh, Dra- uh, Bullet. Wow, what a fantastic film. But the reason why I bring up these actors in many in many ways, we even talk about it today, where you don't necessarily always see authentic tough guys in film in Hollywood cinema. There is a, I don't want to say a softening, but there is a, uh, I'm sorry, Patrick Muldoon, but there is a Patrick Muldooning where it's, it's more, it's more, uh, cool. And I know Matt Patrick Muldoon's time in action films, but I'm just saying like, there is a more of a, of a compassionate action star in a lot of Western films through an extended period of time. Uh, what Ozawa did is essentially, for me, take the the flame, the the tough guy, authentic tough guy flame, and pick it up from Charles Bronson when Charles Bronson finished making Death Wish Five, and he's he's now carrying that that mantle to this day. And we should say how comparable he is to Charles Bronson because Charles Bronson was a very physical actor, was in phenomenal shape, and did you know even a whole. F- fight movie uh, with hard times without being a fighter himself. Now, that's what surprised me the most about that article I found and read and sent to you about Ozawa is he's not a martial artist. But watching that film, I thought, and this is me with my 30-something years of martial arts, watching martial arts movies for almost equally as long, I thought he was a martial artist. That's how good he is in it. It might be one of the best martial arts performances by a non-martial artist. But And the thing is, He mentions in that article I sent you, he trained for like a year to get ready for this movie, but it's not like he was training with 8711. He was training himself. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what he said. He was just, he's like getting ready. I was hitting the heavy bag and like, and I'm sure he's learned over the years and it it seems he did, he's done like fight scenes before, right? Like in these other movies. Yeah. But he's just a natural, so much so, it's not just even the the movements, it's the in-between beats, like the way he faints, the way he uh, bobs and, and, you know, the way he like his hands up when he, when someone faints him and he reacts, like it it looks like a real freaking fighter. I was blown away. There's so many different fights in this film and I know we'll we'll get into them, but there's that one sequence where he's fighting the baseball team with the Uh megaphone. It's funny. It's realistic. It's, it's, uh, 
tense. It's I love that scene so much. And what's funny is when he started doing the faints, I'm like, okay, I think AJ is really going to like this scene, but I'm not going to oversell it. I'm not going to send him video. But the way he's throwing punches, the way he's using uh, the megaphone, his elbows. I mean, he's fighting against guys with baseball bats. He They and- developed the perfect style for him because it's, it's very much like a kickboxing, but he's not kicking a lot. But yeah. uh, uh, it's like a MMA style he uses. But The thing I really like in this movie that I think they finally got right in their style of, I would definitely call some of the best quote unquote, like MMA style fights we've ever seen, but seen in years for sure. But rather than put it with a like kickboxing standing framework and BJJ framework for the ground, they instead did much more of a judo based grappling style. Right. And so I think that's what, and maybe it's whether or not, uh, Excuse me, uh, our director, Kensuke Sonomura, has an actual judo background. I don't know, but maybe just inherently part of their culture. Maybe, I don't know. They 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 just got it so authentic and right. And it's a lot of the, the in-between beats, like when there's a lot of sleeve grabbing, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, you know, the kind of movement in judo where like maybe you're going backwards with your opponent, then you get swept or forwards, you know? And on the ground, there's a lot of the great submission BJJ stuff, but they take it much more from like a judo uh, approach in the way they're, and yes, there's some like kind of more obviously like what MMA or BJJ transitions, but also the same sort of stuff you find in judo. And that's what I found really cool about the fight scenes. Not exactly a ton of like hip throws and stuff, but more so like a lot of the, uh, clinch work and uh, standing up uh, g- like uh, pummeling and grappling exchanges were much more judo style in terms of grabbing each other's sleeves and shoulders and like when even when they fall into the submissions like you know mm-hmm. going for kimuras or you know side control and stuff very judo-esque and it just worked beautifully and that's once again that's why I can't believe Ozawa doesn't have like a real authentic martial arts background well, and- because the other thing is and when watching it after like the second time I told you and it makes sense after I read that article I couldn't find one instance of him being doubled. And I tried my best. I did did too. I paused and I waited. So let's just say in this film, he gets thrown. He gets slammed. He gets tripped, like judo style full. He gets tossed. He gets pummeled. He gets like launched (laughs) down a flight of stairs rolling. He gets kicked and punched full for it. And every single time, the thing I love, they keep the camera on him. So you get to see his face clearly when either he gets up or during the exchanges. And I can comfortably say he wasn't doubled for one thing in any of the fight scenes. I 100% tried to find. I'd pause, I'd look, but he did everything. And this was, he. there's one point where uh, he's got a guy in a guillotine choke and he get, the guy picks him up and slams him on the ground and you see him take it. There's another one I even said yeah, to Gavin, well, there's two exchanges. One where he's fighting Tak, our, our buddy Tak Sakaguchi, whatever from... Uh, uh-huh. Uh, versus uh, who's been in the industry for years where he's doing uh some like slipping of the punches in another instance at the beginning and he is so fast ozawa that is that i thought he was doubled but you see him do the slips and i'm like oh that's a double but then he turns and you see his face and you're like oh my god that's him like he's just and i know as silly as that sounds but being able to slip punches and bob and weave that fast like i, I couldn't believe it especially for a guy his age so I have two quick thoughts on that. First, okay. first is I did the exact same thing that you did. And there was one scene where I knew for sure he had to be doubled. And that's where he drops down and slides around. 
because you see the back of his head, he slides uh-huh. around and then he comes back up and it's him. Yeah, that's what I'm sa- I was about him. to say. That one, I was like, as soon as it started, I was like, oh yeah, it's a double. But then you see him pop up with his face and no cuts and you're like, holy <laughs> crap. And his movement is so slow. So I, I, I mean, I know James listens to our episodes. I want him to watch this movie. And if he can't watch the whole movie, I want him to watch the final fight. And tell me, does this guy have, like, what kind of dance training does he have? Because if he doesn't have fight training, he's got to have dance training. Oh, 100. This, he is just an absolute natural. Kind of like how Patrick Swayze was able to do the Roadhouse fight so well. But honestly, I think Ozawa is a million times better than Patrick Swayze ever was oh, in any fight. No, he's, yeah, like, absolutely. The way he even, like, when he transitions between bobs and weaves and keeping his hands up, like, and, you know, even when he does faint or react, it's like, it looks like somebody that's fought in the ring before. Like, so who knows? Maybe he did have some boxing experience or something because it just comes off as that authentic. I know. It's it's great. And, and the other point I was going to uh, mention is uh, one of the articles I... I we, I jumped into a bunch of articles. One was is by one of our, uh, you know, fellow followers. We follow them on from Podhard on X is uh, Anders. He wrote an article and he he actually referenced uh, dance in his review of and Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire in his review of uh, of Bad City. Uh, so just it's 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 interesting because his movements in particular, like all the movements, like Sonomura's movements, Tak Sakaguchi's movements, and Ozawa's movements are also fluid in with respect to their own skill set. It's just such a dance friendly, highly choreographed film. Whether it's one on one through multiple group fights, or I think we have two massive group fights. I think it's just so. Uh, so well timed. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll yield the floor at this point. Well, let's real quick run down the plot. Basic plot premise is there's kind of like a mafia boss uh, who they're never able to prosecute. He has the the prosecutor's office in his pocket, pretty much. Uh, he's dealing. Uh, he's a yakuza that's dealing though with the Korean mafia, trying to uh, finagle some illegal dealing so they can build a casino and stuff. But then the guy he's working with in the Korean mafia is going behind the Korean mafia's back to work with him. So there's all a bunch of, a bunch of betrayal. The Yakuza guy, when he gets off at the beginning of the movie from uh, prosecution decides he's going to run for mayor to mm-hmm. improve the city. And that way he can pass these ordinances that will allow the foreign investors, the Korean mafia to be able to open blah, blah. So pretty much uh, the DA's office decides to like form an undercover unit. Uh, so they take three officers from uh, one of the other branches and decide to, uh, have them led by uh, Torada-san, or their former captain, who's actually in jail right now because he was framed by the Yakuza because he was getting too close to bringing them down. So he's in jail for murder, even though he was obviously framed. So they give him a temporary release to lead this special team. Uh, and that's obviously the actor Ozawa we're talking about uh, in order to gather the evidence to bring down the Yakuza and the Korean mafia and everybody else. Uh, and there's a bunch of betrayal. There's a bunch of Plot twist, da da da. You know, somebody's a bad guy. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but that's the basic premise, and it, it definitely falls in line with like the Japanese yakuza style movies, but with a crap ton of action, even more so. So, for example, I'm discovering a lot more of the classic ones or of the classic era style through some of these Sunny Chiba box sets because he made a handful mm-hmm. of them. But when he, like, even in the one like Yakuza Wolf. There's not that much martial arts action. And in these traditional Yakuza movies, that wasn't necessarily a regular thing, correct? You may have some like slasher knife type like 
gang fights, right? But that yeah. there wasn't really a heavy martial arts premise. So you, one you'll, of the things you'll find it you'll find a heavy reliance, uh, typically speaking, on story and melodrama. Like I love the Hideo Gosha films. I particularly love the Wolves with Tatsuya Nakadai. Uh, but and while that has some great great swordplay and. Uh, Gosha has amazing swordplay throughout his films. So often it's about the the melodrama that gets us to the point where someone has to pull the blade out or someone has to have a, a big brawl between, you know, between gambling Yakuza clans. So it's not this is I would say that this is an atypical film. Uh, this feels this feels uh, I don't want to put it on the same pedestal as Miracles. Uh, but, but it's. It has that mafia esque story uh, and fighting, yeah, interwoven in a way that propels the script and propels the fights. It's it's really well it's really well written. And, and what we should say that I don't think the first fight happens until about twenty twenty five minutes into the movie, but the- from that point you're get you're given a bunch of stellar action sequences, including a finale that. From the actual start of the fighting till the end, I timed it, was about 17 minutes and yes. 45 seconds with a minute and 30 second break for a plot revelation between mm-hmm. two characters talking. I, I timed everything. So like lowballing it, you're getting 15 minutes and that's lowballing. It actually comes out to 16 something, right? 15 minutes nonstop action finale. That's pretty much like the Drunken Master 2 finale, right? It, it is. And... The, this finale that we're talking about, it's group on group. Uh-huh. Then it's uh, stairwell. One yeah, on one, one on group. Two and, on one. It, one yeah, on and, one. It, it's, it's got every type of fight you would want, and it all makes it all makes sense. It isn't, uh, it isn't I think the term is derivative. It, it, yep. it makes sense because they're running from the group that's trying to block them to get through a lobby. They get into a stairwell. One person goes ahead. There's one-on-one. Finally, two people get through. Two-on-one. Then you get another one-on-one. It's the, the movement makes sense it's it's layers it's, it's the video game style of ascending the tower to the final boss yes uh, except for like the team is in different segments <laughs> uh and we get as gavin saying starts off as this giant melee and then uh, ozawa gets through and then he has a one on many and then his partners finally catch up and then he goes up uh to fight he gets a one-on-one fight with tack which is awesome <laughs> But yes. then gets the better of him, and then goes on to the uh, the final <laughs> final fight. But I, I, go- love, I love I love even just thinking. Let me just put it this way: I love even just thinking about this film. Yeah. Oh, agreed. And so uh, going back more now that we've mentioned, uh, I just wanted to let people know it takes a while for the fights to get going, but once you do, they're they're awesome, and you get plenty of them. Uh, so yeah, we've laid out the basic premise. It's uh, uh, Ozawa San. Uh, let's see, what's his character name? Torada. Torada is his name. Uh, the captain and his team and his team. Uh, one of them is our uh, star from Hydra and the Yakuza guy from Bushido man, a very talented martial artist. I'm trying to think of which one he oh, is. Uh, uh, Masanori Mimoto. Okay. Thank you. That's what I thought. Masanori Mimoto. So he's like the member of the team. That's also a really good martial artist. And he's almost at the level of uh, Takasakaguchi's uh, assassin character, who's just listed as Han. So they're almost at the same level, but Tak is uh, just enough better than him that he gets the better of him in each exchange. But uh, 
So he's really good. But then the other two members of the team, one is a, a a large gentleman, but he's also very good at handling himself. And I love the choreography because they're like, look, we're not going to make this guy like a Samo. He's not a Samo, but they really know how to physically use his size and weight. He is overweight, right? He is fat. He's not like big and burly. He, he's, he's just... He, he, He's but he can use his body weight. They they have him literally using like he uses a lot of once again, kind of like judo esque, like grabs and holds and trips and you know, pushing guys against walls and holding them with his weight. And even our female member of the team who's brand new, as the movie progresses, she also gets better and better. But she's also using kind of very tactical type stuff that's realistic for her character. She's not an experienced fighter, but obviously she had to go through the academy, she had to do whatever it is. Uh, to get to that point. And so her skills get better, but they're also, and yes, obviously there's some unrealistic stuff in a sense, but it, it still plays very well. The choreography plays to the character strengths and the actor's physical abilities. So that's really cool. And we have Takasakaguchi doing classic Takasakaguchi kind yeah. of, I'm in and my it, own like weird, like slippery well, snake he's, he's style. The, so I, and, and well, what's it called again? The cosmic hand or. <laughs> his style he I, made up? I think it's a uh, uh, wave. Oh, the, so yeah. So he he did. I'm doing it. Obviously it, it, for the, you can't see, but Gavin's doing this cool little shimmy right now. But so I I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, I so one of the one of the channels I'm following on YouTube now as part of the research for this is Takasakaguchi's channel, which is the Weber channel. Uh, I'm also following Mickey Koga's channel, who. Um, uh, who is our star of Bushido man. And so tack does the camera work. So they basically bring on one martial artist and they do something with them. Uh, they, you know, they do some type of work based on that type of martial art style. But uh, part of this research for this film, it's uh, essentially, it kind of started with Tak Sakaguchi's reborn film. And then from there went to one percenter and then bad city or bad city, then one percenter, but it's like all this like weaving stuff and like movement. So he like is always like lead, like shifting his shoulders and he's like great doing great knife play, great fighting. I think this is perhaps Tak Sakaguchi's best performance on screen as a, a fight sequences on screen. I could be wrong. I have not seen one percenter yet. I did see him in the Nicolas Cage film, uh, Ghost. Prisoners of Ghostland. Okay. And my the best scene of the film is where he and Nicolas Cage face off. Oh, I didn't know they were in a movie together. I it I, <laughs> they were. It's an odd film. <laughs> oh no, okay. <laughs> but so and I think what works perfect, like I was joking with Gavin, is to watch uh and so for example, I'm a I'm a big I was a big fan of Versus when it came out. Me and all my friends loved it. Rewatched it recently. Doesn't really hold up as well. But his his style back then was a little was much more kickboxing based. Now he's developed this new kind of style, which for me is a little like uh, so. It works perfect for this movie. His one character using it, while everybody else has a more like kind of realistic style. It's the perfect blend, and yes. it works for him as the villain. Like, oh, he's the villain, and that's his style. Like, he literally dodges bullets. Like, they shoot at him, and he like just moves his head <laughs> out of the way or his shoulder. Like, yep, can't yes. hit me. And But it somehow works. Now, if I was watching a whole movie with him as the protagonist doing that, I'd be like, this is getting hokey and weird. And uh, that, that that would be reborn. And yeah. it's not only him doing it, but I think some like one other villain. Does it, so they're like doing that together. But – and it's a great – it's a great – I love these films because – and I, I love 
watching Tak Sakaguchi because he has a very unique screen presence. He was also in Cow- uh, not Cowboy Bebop, Bebop High School. Uh, I think my, when he was much younger, obviously. But uh, what I love about watching his films, it's always experimental. He's always pushing the boundary and working with Ke- Kensuke Sonomura, the director, and then Ozawa on screen. And of course, uh, Masanori Mimoto from what we're seeing is a collaboration. And again, you've hit the nail on the head, whether it's the heavy set uh, detective, the, the the fresh detective, Ozawa, uh, Masanori, or Tak, every character is choreographed to their individual strengths of the action and and the and the the bag of tricks they bring to the to the screen. And that's why this that's why I'm saying I think for this, for me, for this film, to the to date, this is Tak Sakaguchi's one of his greatest performances on screen. Right on. And so uh I mean, we've been jumping around a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, this, the, all these the jumping fight around scenes. also reflects our like passion for the yeah. film, and also one month off from recording. Right. So, I mean, we, Gavin briefly mentioned before that like the first real fight scene where they take on the the yakuza that are in baseball uniforms because they're playing to go do a raid. The, that yakuza team ends up becoming their partners later on in the movie to actually fight together. But uh, we've got another middle sequence uh, where we don't give away any spoilers, but where it's the three members of the team without their captain and some tragedy happens, uh, no spoiler alerts, but great, then also great sword fighting. Yes. And then also, so uh, Ozawa has his own parallel fight uh, during that time, which really brief, but that's the one where he like does these slips underneath and he gets slammed on the ground, but just so good. But then we have the finale, which we've already been talking about, but the, the final of the finale is uh, Ozawa against the Korean mafia guy who I'm not sure what which actor it is or what his name is. Uh, I don't think he was actually Korean, and I I, always, I found that kind of confusing that the Korean mafia, even when they were together, were speaking in Japanese. Uh, I think there's only like one time where uh, it's, and it's actually a character that already passed away, and a letter of his is being read, and it's in Korean. I think that's probably because the actors they cast were all actually Japanese. But uh, anywho, it's the final fight between Ozawa and the Korean mafia guy. And even his martial arts performance is fantastic. Now, the one thing, and what's funny is the one thing that is a little off with him is on their in-betweens, like when they're standing off, whereas Ozawa has this natural, like loose, you know, like, like obviously you can't see me, but you know, he's got the rhythm. This guy's much more stiff. He's got almost Mm -hmm. like what would be more of like an old school Muay Thai stance, but it's like his, his elbows are a little flared out. His hands are up like very stiff. And you think, oh, this guy's not going to be good. But then he, in the actual movements and fight choreography, he's got looseness and rhythm. And so it ends up working out perfect. And his grappling is good. But then Ozawa's grappling is better. And that's how he gets the best of him. But just the grappling exchanges were so good and unique. They're, they're on level. And this is a bold statement, but they're on level with Donnie's stuff in Flashpoint. But from a, I would say from a more judo-esque perspective. Yes. You know what's funny is the way you described that fight and as I was watching it, uh, I was also going in f- having a feeling that it was a lot like the Jackie Chan Police Story 3 fight when he's training uh, with the Chinese uh, mainland. Because uh-huh. there's, there's the hard stance and there's Jackie like being loose. Right. Just that, that, that feeling before they fight. It just it, it, it also mirrored that for me. Which great is a comparison. Great fight to mirror. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. But it's just 
And also the other thing that we should mention is throughout this whole movie, and one of the things that keeps you captivated even before the fight scenes start, uh, and that's why you don't mind it takes like 20-something minutes to get to the first big fight scene, and then all the in-betweens, is Ozawa is just so damn cool. When you is. like, He is he just is. the epitome of, he's got this like, I don't know how to call it, jet white hair, like, you know, because he's obviously like, older. Yeah. He wears like military-esque bombers. Uh, and he his voice is a very deep voice. And he's just <laughs> so grizzled and like, I, I don't know. He's just, he's like, that is much more like Charles Bronson to me. He's got that classic tough guy attitude appearance. And then he can back it all up, right? He's like- Totally, totally calm. Yeah, totally. It it it, it is like um, Charles Bronson and Mister Majestic. That's the one where he's the the watermelon uh, watermelon uh, farm owner, I believe. Where he just absolutely oh calm. yeah, that's right. okay. I've definitely back. watched that one. Yes, uh, uh, and also again, like the bomber jacket. It's just like Steve McQueen in uh, the Hunter. I would um, say like I, it's the almost the four actors I compare him to in terms of Hollywood actors would be like Charles Bronson. In just the the overall package, Steve McQueen in just being so cool. Clint Eastwood in his like kind of more, he's more angry than I would say. Than Charles Bronson always kept his cool. Steve McQueen was like the epitome of cool. But Ozawa here has a little more anger in this character, which is like Clint Eastwood style to me. And then also the last one would be Tom Cruise, just in his physicality and how well yeah. he's able to deliver in the fight scenes. Because say what you will about Tom Cruise, he does an amazing job with his fight scenes. You know, he gives that's it his extremely all. fair. I, di- I didn't even go that route. And and it's that's fair because, you know, Tom Cruise, you know, talking about like who's carrying the mantle. Tom Cruise obviously worked with Paul Newman very early on and has worked with some fine actors along the way. Uh, in many ways, he is the last action hero. Yeah. Currently. So he's carrying that mantle. And I would say that that is an extremely fair assessment because Ozawa is certainly carrying carrying the tough guy. uh authentic tough guy on screen yeah man yeah so and the funny part is when i was doing uh our introduction today with my uh, my students with my first class at uh, fresno city college somebody asked me what my favorite martial arts film of the last year was and i was like that's an amazing question i told them obviously john wick 4 was phenomenal but i told them my favorite straight martial arts movie was bad city and so i told them about i said you guys can all watch it on i didn't really go that much into it but uh I told him it's available on Prime. You should all watch it. Uh, <laughs> and I have no problem backing up that statement. Uh, I I haven't finished listening to the end of year special from uh, the Kung Fu uh, Movie Guide podcast with Ben Johnson and then his guest he always has for the last episode, Mike Fury. And they did their top fives and neither of them included it. Uh, but I had the, that. I, that's where I left off on the episode. I know they were. I think they were doing their honorable mentions. But I also don't know if it got released in the UK because I was disappointed neither of them had it on there. Uh, just because it was going to be our favorite of the year, pretty much. Because I mean, John Wick Four was mind blowing. But as I said, I just I, I don't know even know what to consider that. It is just like it's like its uh, own my, experience. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. We so this last week. I went to New Beverly Cinema. I saw the Frankie Chan, the good, the bad, the beauty. Frankie Chan cinema is you throw in the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit fit together. We're going to duct tape all the all types <laughs> together. It's going in. Uh, John Wick 4 is kitchen sink 
refined. Uh. And it is like, how do you describe a movie like that? How do you describe a Frankie Chan movie? It John Wick is everything, period. Bad City is, is a martial arts film. It has drama. It has comedy. It has Yakuza. But it is a martial arts film. And I, I, I agree with you. I, I would certainly certainly debate anybody who doesn't feel that that's the case. And the other the other side of the coin is characters have growth. And we've talked about this before. The the uh, the code for us of martial art films has to be like a martial arts training session. In in that there has to be growth in the characters. And there's growth in every single character, uh, whether it's whether it's degression or progression, mm. characters are all growing and having to make key choices throughout the film. Whether it's the gang that they fought with earlier, who now have like are now supporting them. Whether it's Ozawa, whether it's the the lady inspector, whether it's whether it's our our, our sort of like our number two male protagonist. Uh, even even I would actually argue that Takasakaguchi, who is the most consistent, constant character throughout. Has a has a little change in growth at the very end, or right before the very end. <coughs> Excuse me. I agree. Yeah, and he's also got a awesome jumpsuit. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's it's kind of like I can't tell whether it's animal print or camo or, and I can't tell if it's something super nice like Gucci or just something he got at the ninety nine cent store. It's like yes. it's it's one of those things that you could tell me with some designer thousand dollar sweat jumpsuit, and I'd be like, oh wow. Or you could tell me, yeah, I got it at uh, Ross. Yeah, is it is it homeless chic or yeah, is it, or exactly. is it, oh that was Beverly Hills man? Yeah, I, I can't tell if it's from Duck Dynasty or the Kardashians, so uh, <laughs> one or the other. But anywho, uh, yeah, awesome. We highly recommend this movie. Uh, I give it uh, an A plus easily. What's your grade? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go A plus as well. Yeah, and from from martial would, arts cinema, A plus. Yes, and I would say the first time I watched it probably would have been an A minus and. Second and third time I watched it, I was enjoying it even more. Agreed. Which was kind of surprising. It gets better each time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So language corner. What are you going to teach us today, good sir? Okay. So it is a new year. It's 2024. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm going to teach us this. It's basically the saying of thank you. I'm relying on you again. Or I'm thank. Well, like I'm relying on you again this year. Oh, okay. It's a slightly longer one. But it's a, a, you know, you can say. Happy New Year to people, but then you usually follow it up to someone with with this saying to someone who who has helped you this last year, and you're acknowledging that help from this last year, and acknowledging that you will rely on them again this year. So much like this podcast, much like our relationship, the saying is "Kotoshi mo yoroshiku onegaishimasu," or you could go shorter "Kotoshi mo yoroshiku." Let's do that. You've one. heard these terms all before. Mm-hmm. We're just putting them together. So, okay. kotoshi. Kotoshi. Which is this year. Mo. Mo. Also, yoroshiku. Yoroshiku. Yeah, kotoshi mo yoroshiku. Kotoshi mo yoroshiku. There you go. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's funny because, and for people that don't quite realize when it comes to, well, especially, for example, a Chinese New Year, there is, you know, off the top of my head, I could tell you like six different ways you say something at at New Year. It's not like in the West, we literally say Happy New Year or, you know, like the, I'm trying to think what else we have, right? Like, uh, do we have anything else? Not really. It's sort of like Happy New Year, right? Whereas in Asian cultures, there's like, especially when it's based around specific, their New Year's, there's all these different greetings you can do like that are specifically, you know, you can say like, 
Happy New Year celebration. Literally just Happy New Year. Happy Spring Festival. Uh, you know, may you have good fortune. May you have a prosperous year. May you have peace this year. It's like all these different uh, greetings. But uh, yeah. Oh, and I guess briefly, real quick, uh, we didn't really talk much about your trip when you came up here to visit, but we were supposed to record, but instead we watched, we watched six movies, I think. Yes. Over six. a period of about 26 hours, we watched, I think, six, or we watched two Zatuichi. We watched Zatuichi versus the One-Armed Swordsman. We watched Zatuichi, Darkness is His Ally. We watched uh, Duel to the Death, which I'm glad you picked that one. That's always fun. We watched... Uh, and the uh, 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 We watched, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, dang it. If you wouldn't have said in the line, I would have had it in my head. Uh, ah, okay. quit saying in the line. Okay. We, we also watched On the Run with you and Biao, which was phenomenal. Uh, I've seen that one before, but, uh, oh, you son of a gun. Oh, The Protector. We wa- oh, we did watch The Protector uh, with also the Hong Kong uh, different sequences. But, uh, uh, oh my gosh. It has a sequel that you watched on your own. No, I ended up not because the sequel also was le- not even, we were very disappointed by this movie. But, oh my gosh, why can't we think of it? I could run downstairs right now. I'm trying to type it in, but my microphone's in the way. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. All I have is the Clint Eastwood movie in my head now. Hold on. I know exactly how to look this up because it also doesn't star any of our, like, classic uh, people, really. Oh, what the heck? That is not. He's in Project A2, the one the one key person. Hold on. Uh, and we're so and because this is listed as like one of the greatest Chinese films of all time. And we were very disappointed in it. And that just shows how tired i am right now uh long arm of the law there we go in the line of the long arm of the law jesus so we watched long arm of the law which was very disappointing for us we were kind of just like what's i don't get it and then so i started watching the sequel the other night when gavin was at the new beverly i got like 10 minutes in and i was just like just not into that one either so i don't quite get it i mean no i get the films obviously but i don't quite get the why they are so popular they just we, it wasn't a terrible movie, not at all, but it was not a great movie in our opinion. It, it wasn't on the run. No, it was not it on wasn't. the run, which is so good, even my second time watching it. That's another one's even better. But anywho, that's why we ended up not recording, because we were just having an awesome time relaxing. It was the day after Christmas, uh, and then we the next day, we still squeezed in like two movies. We finished The Protector, we watched On the Run, and we went to Hot Yoga, and I worked out that morning. Uh, so we still got a, a lot of good stuff in, but anywho... This has been fun. I'm glad we're back. We'll hopefully be back next week as well. I don't know if I'm going to drop this episode on Monday or Wednesday. I'll probably wait till Wednesday just to get us back on our regular schedule. Sounds good. And I'll All right, my to man. More films. Yep. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.